I'm Orm Gillis. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. And you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio and welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch it and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is Persona, the film <laughs> that Orm is quite surprised that she's never seen. From 1966, directed by Ingmar Bergman, produced by Ingmar Bergman, written by Ingmar... Oh my god... <laughs> Fuck you and your stupid name with too many vowels, says me. Written by <laughs> written by Ingmar Bergman, starring B.B. Anderson and Liv Ullman. Music by Lars Johan Wurl. Cinematography by Sven Nykvist and edited by Ulla Rige. And the synopsis is... Famed stage actress Elizabeth Volger suffers a moment of blankness during a performance and the next day lapses into total silence. Advised by her doctor to take time off to recover from what appears to be an emotional breakdown, Elizabeth goes to a beach house on the Baltic Sea with only Anna, a nurse, as company. Over the next several weeks, as Anna struggles to reach her mute patient, the two women find themselves experiencing a strange emotional convergence. Mm. <laughs> it's a very Spoiler, hard... No. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's hard to like actually spoil this movie without like having seen it like it would make no sense if somebody hasn't seen this movie yeah trying to explain it is is uh is interesting uh yeah so this week's film was picked by ricardo ricardo why did you pick this bergman film well for one is that you haven't seen any bergman so uh i decided to, to i don't one. know to be perfectly honest like i don't really i don't know how much it's funny because like Ages ago, I remember uh, thinking, Jesus, that, that's a real, that's a real blind spot. Uh, and then I remember I like rejoined the library. I They had, he uh, they had like a box set of, um, but it was kind of his lesser known films. Yeah. And I was like, eh, I should probably start with the classics. So here and, I am starting with one, the classic. Yeah. Like uh, many people consider Persona his best movie. Uh, I it's a complicated one for me because like so much of his work is fantastic that it's hard to pick it was hard he to choose which big, one he has a much bigger uh back catalog than i actually thought oh yeah it's massive it's, yeah. i haven't seen a, a film of his that i didn't uh love they're they're all very interesting and uh uh great to talk about he's one of the filmmakers let's say like if you put into the history of filmmaking and like influential filmmakers and stuff like especially for like art house would be bergman like be b- bigger than goddard let's say you know and but at the same time it's strange that even in college or whatever nobody talks about bergman in ireland it's fucking How weird much fucking goddard did we do i yeah. find like the more experimental films i see and the more of like those very classic filmmakers from like the 50s and 60s and 70s i watch i'm like God, Goddard really gets an awful lot of attention. (laughs) And I do, like, I do love Goddard, but, like, he's nowhere near as good and or consistent or interesting as Bergman. Mm. Bergman, in many ways, he tackles similar themes during his career than Tarkovsky did in some movies. Like, uh, like this is very different to Tarkovsky. But... um, but it's somewhat more accessible as well because it's a lot more emotional his filmmaking than than like uh, if you watch like Persona, it's a very experimental uh, film, especially for sixties. But uh, it's also a very easy movie to watch. I find like it, it, 
because it it is based on the emotion between these two characters that is like you, easy to get a handle of the movie and what it's meant to to do through the two of them yeah yeah and then like that's what the the genius of Bergman throughout his career that he makes you care for his characters and like the situations that they're in and it's always kind of like huge movies with very small stories like they feel huge and important and epic almost and it's like two characters in I know like one of them speaks. <laughs> uh, like there's other one, like Wall Strawberries is just like a road trip, but it feels like so much more than a road trip, you know, because he deals with like a lot of themes and like uh, particularly uh, surprising uh, approach to uh, dealing with women in his films throughout his career. Mm, yeah, we'll um, definitely talk about that. Yeah, like it's a it's a very. Uh, like it feels a lot more modern than it is like especially the way that it's shot if you see shit that was coming out of the hollywood of hollywood in the 60s or something you see persona persona hasn't aged in the way that it's shot and uh something that he mm, shares with very pre-new hollywood as well yeah yeah so. like it's ages before uh having the the kind of like if you think like this came out when like the fucking alamo was coming out or something <laughs> Like, the last uh, dying breath of the studio. Um, but also, like, uh, he uh, he always knew, and it's something that is uh, constant in his work, that uh, one of his biggest influences was Carl Dreyer. Mm. Uh, Dreyer? Dreyer? I'm not sure. I, 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 I won't stake my house on the pronunciation <laughs> of any name, not even my own. Um, Ricardo, it's Ricardo. Uh, but uh, the thing is that... Like you can see even with Persona, the the movie that really inspired Bergman, uh, it was the Passion of Joan of Arc, mm. that is pretty much just a close up for the entire movie. That is like the story. Stark. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's something that like he knew that uh, of the the human face is all you need to tell a story. Mm. And it's amazing. Like uh, I, I wanted to pick this one. The the, the the reason the persona was the one that I went for is for the performances of B.B. Anderson and uh, Liv Ullman. Liv Ullman in particular is amazing. As she, it, like, it's so minimal. No dialogue. She doesn't do almost anything with her face. But it's like the the mystery will we'll get into, like, what it means and how it does. But uh, And then it's also, like, uh, has scenes that are stark and memorable and like there's shots in this movie that uh, it, they they haunt me that like i'll be just walking down the street and remember these shots because it like uh him and his frequent cinematographer they're like one of those like famous teams you know like yeah. the, uh frequent collaborators um but this movie is one of the best shot movies that has ever been made and like you see uh, the effect of a, even something like Ida, like you can see oh, like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> thorough line throughout, but even how modern it is, the, the approach to long lens close-ups that you wouldn't see that much in movies. Like even the if we compare it to movies that we we talked about from the 70s and stuff, like they, they wouldn't use this approach to filmmaking that it really started being used 
widespread in the 90s really like of like close-ups mm. in between not using establishing shots and like but also like i said it's a movie that is enjoyable to watch just because of the journey of the characters but then the more you think about it the more complex it becomes and the more interesting it becomes and i thought that it would be a movie that like even if you didn't like it it would be something that you'd be interested in so uh what do you think of Persona? <laughs> Hated it. Um, uh, actually, before you go, like, I, well, I the, find nothing in it. The the original uh, title for the movie was a piece of cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a Goddard title. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this is one of those films that uh, really is what I would deem an experience. Yeah. Um, I did air quotes there. Um, yeah, there there are some films when you watch them that they really do just they leave you breathless, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and just like completely overwhelmed, and they really they they throw you off balance. I think like that they as you watch them you are completely engaged, but afterwards you feel kind of you know you you process it for for hours, days, weeks afterwards, and. Uh, this is definitely another film that uh, very much kind of like it cl- clicks into place amongst every other film I have seen. Um, it, like it, it is, it is like this one in particular was kind of hilarious. I was like, oh my god! Like so many films, and even and like entire filmmakers, like so much David Lynch, you yeah. know. But obviously, like in in other more subtle ways. But um, it it is astonishing that this this is nineteen sixty six. Um. But it, it it is it's just glorious, like, um, and it's it feels like it feels like more than a film, if you know what I mean. That it, kind of in the way you were saying that it is strangely accessible in a way. Um, and we can talk about why, but um, it, it, it like the afterwards you really do. It, the more you think about it, the more it gives you. Yeah. And then as you go back and you start to kind of like think about it, and I was writing up my notes and kind of like rewatching bits of it and stuff, and I was just like, Jesus. <laughs> but um and it's the, it's the amazing thing of this movie is that you, even really thinking about it like even on the way here uh bits that i forgot the, yeah. because you can't like remember like i haven't seen this movie enough to know it by heart you know so i'd be sitting there going like oh and this happens yeah. as well and, and i felt this way in this bit it just keeps like the experience recycles after watching it that you, you almost by thinking of it feel the same experience as yeah. from watching it's a, it. It's a mix of emotions as well. Like it was it was funny watching this in the same week as watching Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is another film that not doesn't have anywhere near the same level of uh, of of power, but it's a similar thing of, of feeling very locked in with within it and in a way in a claustrophobic way but in another way not because it feels so broad yeah you know it's like both things at the same time um but uh yeah but like from the opening montage obviously um i thought of bonwell and, and that kind of like the surreal sort of um the use of images and the you know the, the strange um the strange imagery as well and like the you know like the, the bodies and the spider and everything and then as soon as i saw the penis i was like fight club and i was like <laughs> Oh, because it kind of, it sort of, it was funny, like, it kind of put me on alert then for, because because Fight Club was Fincher and nothing within Fincher is put in there for no reason, I was like, it put me on high alert for, like, 
split personalities and, and merging par- personalities yeah. and stuff. And as I was watching it and as it unfolded, I was like, did this, did like, you know, all the years of cinema since give me like a spoiler? And you know what I mean? In, in the way of like, if you'd never seen Psycho, yeah. you have seen Psycho. Yeah. So then when you finally see the shower scene, you're like, oh, uh, you're you know, not shocked by it because uh, you're already expecting uh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But as it went on, like this is not this is not a twist film. I I think like this entire film, and it goes back to what we we're saying about how it, you know you think more and more about it as it ends. I think this film is like you know a dozen shades too ambiguous to be spoiled. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because the more I watch it, and then the more you think about it, the more you realize that in every single element of every frame he's been telling you this yeah and like he's doing it in different ways and not just in in the performances but um there's 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 clues let's say although that that kind of like that simplifies it blues clues that (laughs) simplifies it somewhere well but like obviously i mean he's breaking on there's he's breaking numerous rules here in, in the most like controlled fashion of like like eye lines and and you know it'd be breaking the fourth wall and the kind of the strange monologue kind of um element of of um of uh, alma's uh performance and character and yeah. and like the eye lines are fascinating because like what uh, that first you really really notice it in that first um that first encounter whenever she goes in to read her the letter and like they're sitting at the table and like it's back and forth and when he chooses to switch to different angles and stuff it's really really interesting but um so it's all there so that whenever it starts to unfold and then becomes steadily more and more ambiguous as it goes on i was like oh no this is fine (laughs) um very tense i would say as well oh yeah like like very very tense and like in scenes that if you describe them wouldn't seem tense like not obviously there are some very like scenes with very heightened emotions and like you know where she's going to throw the water at her and scenes like that where everything is getting more and more pent up but like the scene where she tells her the story about having sex with the boys yeah like and it's just cutting back and forth and she's just sitting on the bed just like absolute stillness like and Alma it's like face and shifting Alma's, from position Alma's to like position like unraveling yeah. in front of her like and like she's drunk and you know you she as the film progresses she becomes younger and younger and younger yeah. like this strange like like hysterical and but like constantly kind of trying to correct herself but then the hysteria bubbles up again because she's completely unraveled and that scene like i was watching it and i was like, <gasps> like like the the scene when she <clears throat> is telling uh when she's telling Elizabeth about the the actual like the the sexual encounter in the beach with the two boys and yeah. like and her friend, like that's one of my favorite scenes in movies. Oh, God, period. It's like just... it's just like just the lighting, everything is just perfect. Like that's the 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 way the like the mo- This movie it casts a spell. Like, yeah. And like once you're in it, it kind of like. Well, you're in there. Yeah, uh, 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 and then, like, he's the uh, a great manipulator. The uh, something that we always talk about how like people go like, oh, fucking Spielberg yeah. manipulates or whatever. It's just because he's making you feel happy. Stop it. Yeah, uh, this is not a bad thing. But Bergman is a genius in that way, like that he can make you smile and then 
like on that same action from being smiling to opening your mouth a gasp of like yeah. uh, of like is that story something. unfold and you're like oh my god like it's just oh it's like as she describes it like it's explicit but it's just her telling a story like there's no there's no you know there's no imagery there's no flashback yeah. but it, it feels like you're you're being implicated somehow yeah. in this story and it's and it just keeps cutting back as so you feel that like Alma or that uh, Elizabeth is judging you as well. Like you feel like you're in the room with them and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm party to this somehow. Oh, God. Like, I, I, oh, and like, I think that the idea of, of, of shame and uh, especially in relation to like women is, is quite prominent in this as well. And um, we'll definitely we'll, we'll get to talking about um, gender and everything. But um, just going back to the the, the visuals, like. <clears throat> because they're 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 fascinating like every frame is fascinating and, and beautiful but incredibly engaging as well like, yeah and I, I think that's why that scene is so perfect because you know you can step back and just look at it in the blocking and everything and performances and stuff but when you're actually watching it it really does draw you in and yeah. that that like it's just oh, yeah, like when they even the location, I think as well. Oh yeah, just when it's storming and they're yeah. sitting in the in the table and there's the rain yeah. and the sea in the background and she's drinking, like they they haven't like gotten out of their pajamas and she's like, oh, I'm getting lazy now. Uh, but like he, what you were saying of uh, how the movie draws you in, the, like that scene when uh, that shot when their faces merge. Yeah. They in the hindsight or even when uh, after watching when you think back it's like oh that's cool but I haven't seen this movie knowing that it was coming while watching it there when it happens I'm like oh fuck like I don't think oh it's a cool shot because <laughs> you're so in the powerful. movie kind of thing and yeah. how you were saying how p- well planted it is the, yeah. the way that it's like oh I was watching you in the movie and uh, I thought that we looked alike obviously I'm not as pretty as you kind of thing and like and everything like Liv Ullman, like I don't know how she, she was able to pull off this performance, like mm. because it's all ambiguous and all in her eyes and face, and depending she's on what she's doing, constantly shifting, and your yeah. your emotion towards her is is constantly shifting as well, from like judgment to sympathy to fear yeah. to like that's what's so interesting about like the the dual characters the jewel you know that you constantly shift your kind of allegiances between the two of them and the way that like you know they kind of are as well you yeah. know what i mean that it's that like at the start you're obviously very much with alma and you're like who is this strange lady you know and then like by the end of it you're like alma jesus you know alma's alma's flipped she's you know what i mean like whenever she leaves out the glass and i was like oh she's gonna leave out the glass she's gonna leave out the- oh the but she did it you know it's like it, it's just and so she's just waiting for her to step on it and <laughs> oh, she so goes by and doesn't up. step on it and then goes back and she's like disappointed it's like oh you've you've snapped on when you're gone like oh geez and just some of the shots uh the outdoors as well because obviously like um a lot of this is, is like you know taking place within rooms and everything but like that like never has just sitting cutting up mushrooms on on a at a table because I was like oh, they're poisoned they're poisoned you know what I mean? <laughs> just sitting there like okay just sitting there like waiting you know what I mean like 
Oh god. And and like obviously like this film is oh, when like Alma is asleep and uh oh, and Elizabeth god. is just walking around the house and it's kind of like misty <gasps> almost weird, like where there's sort of like two doors or mirrors or and like as I was looking, and she has this kind of floaty dress and, and it's it's like almost see-through but not yeah. and it's like it's like incredibly erotic but not but is yeah you know because it's like I don't know what the word the word is shifting i suppose yeah. you know like and, and there's a lot of shifting no yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of shifting um but i feel like there was <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like oh bergman has like pulled me in now. <laughs> you know I mean? it's like oh god I, like i watched it like um quite late at night as well and i was like afraid i kept looking over my shoulder just like oh um so yeah, that's needless to say, it had quite a a, a profound effect on me. Well, I, I'm glad that like it seems that you like enjoy perhaps is the bad word, but that you the you think it's a movie of worth. Let's oh say, no, I I did enjoy it. I did yeah. enjoy it because it's quite funny as well yeah. in parts. You know where you're just like because certain elements of it are so heightened that you're like, yeah. <laughs> but no, I definitely I definitely enjoyed it. So there's a lot that I want to get through as well uh, <laughs> because it is a fucking Bergman movie. <laughs> like uh, we're not gonna get through everything because it is a fucking Bergman movie. <laughs> uh, but first of all, like, what do you think of the title and uh, the actual like psychology of the movie? Because it's um, have you re- did you do any research on that side of things or um, um, not really? Not in the title. Um, I took it quite literally in the idea of of like the persona the self the like the whole idea of her being an actress and which kind of which is her facade which which you know that that there's these two elements and it's the whole way like once you kind of like start to realize that they they are merged or or are they or anything it's like incredibly ambiguous but sort of the idea of the masks that people put up the yeah. the personas that we create not just like outwards and, and even in the very little sense of her being an actress and everything but just as a normal person but also like the masks and layers within yourself and how you think about yourself and how you think about your past self and your yeah. future self and i think like it's very outward but also incredibly internal I think which is really interesting so I, I in my head that's kind of what where the sort of like persona thing fed like fed into it and like uh i did like recommend really like there's a million articles about this movie because it is i didn't, really want, to, I didn't really want to read anything that's yeah. the thing it's no, like, like after watching like i would no, never i know but even even afterwards because i was i kind of just wanted to sit with it like simmer let it you simmer. know what i mean because like visually and in a lot of ways thematically as well uh you know this is i kind of like get it because of every other movie that is incredibly inspired by this so like you know as i was watching it i was like ah you know like there's certain little little tropes and certain things that have been done to death in other movies like since i'm looking at you 90s but um other other than that i didn't i didn't want to because yeah this is the kind of film where you end up with that kind of um very sort of combined idea of it where it's mixed in with everyone else's ideas and i didn't really i didn't really want that to happen because this is so interesting and because it is such a um a very like it's it feels strangely 
personal yeah. almost you know what i mean that like it's drawing you in you know what i mean and yeah. like it makes you think about your own idea of of self and past and memory and identity and i kind of enjoyed that as it related to myself i didn't really want to kind of like go out and like especially what i wanted to avoid at all costs was reading anything about what he said about yeah. it or his vision or whatever. I don't think or... he uh, he ever talked that much about his... Like, he'd be one of those... That wouldn't surprise me. Kind of uh, <laughs> a- enigmatic yeah. kind of... Uh, like, oh, <clears throat> this movie is about friendship or whatever. Like, he'd just, like, fucking talking platitudes because he, he, he liked people to judge his work for the work rather than explaining what the fuck the movie was about. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, the, the articles more than anything that I've read about this movie, like way before uh picking the movie it was just when i watched it like it's a kind of movie like bergman in general like uh, i i read quite a bit of his like essays on his work in the background because also his uber is very self-contained so like there's essays that is like oh femininity and his work and they touch on all the movies that he did or, yeah like the sense of identity and such Part of the uh, psychology in this movie that I that I feel that is interesting on the, um, it, it's very related to like how young kind of thing. Like, Jungian, that was yeah. it. I, oh damn it! I knew that was because I was like, it's not Freud. I knew it was a. Uh, yeah, like they're not talking about moms and shit, <laughs> and uh, but also like of the the idea of the social self. That uh, I think that the merger between the two in the movie, like this is my take. I didn't. Maybe it's in another essay, but it's my take that the reason that they merge is that both lose their identity because we form uh, our identity in a way by a talking and judging the reaction of others. Yeah. To who you are, kind of yeah. thing. That if you if you think one thing and everybody thinks, oh, you're you're like really out there. You're like a Lenny Bruce kind of situation. <laughs> like you, you'd believe like you believe that I'm a Lenny Bruce kind of character. And that's how you carry on in your life. I'm like a contrarian. I'm a like polemic. I'm a, like, I say how I think it is. Don't care if society is not yeah. ready for it kind of thing. And you, you behave like that. You, throughout. Cate- you categorize yourself yeah. quite early. And then the older you become, the more set it becomes. Yeah. And it's based on like, and that's why I think that like how identity is created also in society, like what society you're from, if you're religious, if you're from the city or the countryside, etc. that it's mm. like different values there. And the thing with it, Alma is that she's not able to do that because like she's not able to judge and I think that's why she's becoming crazy because she... She's not getting anything. Yeah, yeah. And it's the first time that she's opening up to somebody because her uh, fiancé doesn't know anything about her. Like, you can tell that she probably doesn't have a good relationship with her family because she's not used to opening up this way. Mm. So when she's opening up she and getting nothing isolated. back, she has no way of judging how she should react, like in what persona she has because Liv Ullman has given her nothing. And at the same time, live all like so much of it, it, like of reactions is like talking and getting that reaction. So even though Liv Ullman is getting a hundred percent reaction, none of it is from any of her actions. Mm. So she's losing, like becoming a blank slate by definition because she's no longer like taking, communicating to the world whatsoever besides writing letters. But when you write a letter, you're not getting a response back straight away. 
Mm. So you can't force like, you know, if you're not showing any emotion, you can't judge if uh, uh, did, did I do the correct emotion? Uh, am I being empathetic? Am I being sympathetic? Am I like uh, taking part? And I think the that applies also to like obviously like social cells in general but like it's the the interesting concept that when once you lose that it becomes kind of like not only dangerous to yourself but to others because you absolutely you become absolutely lost there's no mirroring yeah 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 it's just it's so interesting and it may like i always find it really fascinating in books and films and when characters um just pick up and completely leave their lives and or characters that especially in real life like when characters that have multiple lives um like you know like men who have multiple relationships and no one knows or you know like or you know people who have incredibly secretive jobs and they have very 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 like discreet very separated sections of their lives and like what that does to your identity then because like people who become fragmented by yep. that and and then like in the way that the idea of like picking up from your life and comp- going to a completely different place where no one knows you and how that seems so freeing but you know like it, it i've always find that really really interesting in relation to identity and the people who thrive under that kind of situation and the people who ultimately do not and and why and what that means about their personality and the forging of their identity and very their, much like madman yes oh yes that's another example of it yeah the the other part that i wanted to discuss is uh, as we mentioned before that is uh femininity and uh like uh, feminism per se and also like um if they're like leb- lesbianism mm. like the um it's an argument that has been pretty much going on for the 50 years since this movie was released uh like are they lesbians or are they not or whatever i think that is beyond the point of the movie yeah like i think that there is a like you're saying like an eroticism and a sexuality to it but i think it's more like a sexuality towards yourself yeah rather than like yeah a, that, another woman kind of thing that's another idea of of the, the personal aspect of it i suppose that the very like internal sexuality um and as well plays into what you were saying about like how sexuality is just another thing that is reliant on other people's uh, input or other people's yeah. reactions and other people's, you know what I mean? It's it's a very like shared thing, but also incredibly personal. So, you know, easily, you know, hence why it is a spectrum. It's not a, it's never going to be a set thing. Sorry, but going back to the, the, the lesbian element of it, um, like, I don't think that there's nothing clear cut up about it and I think like what you're saying it's not the point of the movie but at the same time it doesn't feel shoved in there yeah you know what I mean it feels like when that like that scene where she's telling the story initially unfolds and it cuts to when they're in the bed you're kind of like but at the same time it doesn't it doesn't go that way you know what I mean it's just something that's there underneath as all part of the general like pressured atmosphere that's building up in this place between these two people so um i liked i like that element of it and i think that there's definitely uh a, you know you can read into it but yeah i love the uh, ambiguity of it all and uh, like yeah, and the, the, the fact, fact that, that two people can have very uh, divergent views of what actually happened in the movie yeah. and it doesn't neither mean that they're wrong, wrong. Yeah. yeah yeah um but it is kind of astonishing when you think that this is 1966 and 
I was like I do, I think this film has aged incredibly well, and it's it's interesting that there's things in this that seem very shocking, like the fact that the word abortion is so prominently used, or like the the way they talk about like the sexual encounter and. You know, it, it's it's crazy to think. I know this is obviously like it's European cinema, yeah. but at the same time, like it feels incredibly radical. And I don't think that you can just go, oh, they use the word abortion, so that makes it like radically feminist or something. Um, I think this is like has an underlying element of of um of feminism, and obviously, like the most prominent idea being that this is two female characters, yeah. And you know, this passes the Bechdel test quite you know interestingly, um, but uh. Like I was saying about... But also that even, like, the doctor is a woman as yeah. well. Uh, like, there's only, like, one male character that is there for two yeah. minutes. And... Yeah, I forgot about the, yeah, the doctor as well. I thought the doctor's quite... I really like that actress. Yeah. She's really great. Uh, and has her a, voice has a, is very yes, amazing. I was going to say, her voice is so good. But, like, I mean, the the, the, the two the two leads, obviously, are, are just astonishing as well. But, um... I think, like, going back to the idea of, of, um, of, of shame and the idea of like the women like the the female role as as a kind of an extra layer to your sort of like outer identity and your identity within society and everything and particularly kind of um you know it's interesting within the context of 1966 because this is sort of like uh so it's actually post 1950s really of like women really questioning their their role and the idea of like having it all and being able to like have a career and having children and the the pressure and the shame that comes particularly around children and childbirth um and not having them or having them or whatever and like that whole exchange like the the two sides of it um or well the two versions of it i suppose um is is like incredibly like just dark and and like obviously incredibly like sad and but incredibly poignant as well like the 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 level of like the really potent shame that she feels over this like that the the shame of not having a child of not being like oh you have everything but you're not very maternal and then like you know having the child but not feeling suddenly that you don't love the child and like it's it's incredibly interesting and a topic that is very prominent in the film yeah and like that's astonishing Even for how, like uh, the 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 judgment of her not uh, the mm. she ha- the Livoma has a son and yeah. she's like judged because she won't talk to her son or yeah raise her son or yeah and like the idea of of mental health mm. and and women and I was actually uh, listening to a really interesting Guardian podcast about um, women and, and autism and mental health and and how women are so frequently misdiagnosed because the whole that old school you know throw them into ice baths hysteria kind of concept and how long it actually takes for that to die basically that that you know things that impact women as as much as they impact men are often discredited because women are just not taken as seriously when it comes to things like pain and yeah. and depression and like it's really really interesting the thing with this movie is what the is the next thing that i wanted to tackle that is the most um, experimental side of the movie the First of all, like it, it's bookended by a projector being turned on and the projector being turned off, but like the inside of the projectors with like the the bulbs heating up and stuff, yeah. it looks amazing. The sound is cool. And then you have the montage that is both like uh, uh, like an animalistic use of, of like nature in film, but also a history of cinema 
in one montage they have like Buster Keaton and Chaplin and stuff on the on in the montage like selling movies. Like uh, did it add something um in particular for the film or do you think that it just added to the tone and feel of the movie and something that perhaps we had more time to let us set a simmer that you use or like on the second watch that you started yeah. like yeah. Yeah, I think it <coughs> it definitely sets up the tone, like the the opening montage definitely. <clears throat> Um, and it is very stark and it's very interesting and there's some really beautiful shots and I think that you could definitely there's a lot of different images there I think you could there's lots of things that you can take from it that what he what his reasoning for picking the different images are Um, I think it's interesting how like how self-reflexive this is like and how like what we were saying about how it's so immersive but you know like there he's constantly kicking you out of the movie like constantly i mean from you know like even just things like breaking the fourth wall and everything which seems kind of i feel like the effect of breaking the fourth wall is almost to to, like diminished as the time has gone on because it's become such an it's become another thing you know what i mean that it's almost just like a fifth wall to break or something if you know what i mean that that it's almost the power of it is is slightly diminished but it still cuts it cuts you out like and it, but it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to matter it doesn't seem to break it in the way of like I often find that the things that really kick you out of a movie are tonal changes or a really bad performance or you know like elements like that, that bad dubbing yeah, oh god bad dubbing <laughs> yes yes because the sound in this is, is quite good but um, yeah like when it comes to the montage like possibly on a second viewing it will it'll give me more but to be honest it kind of reminded me of the montage at the end of come and see yeah you know and how not quite the same because that is almost like hammering home the point very clearly whereas this is a lot less clear but at the same time i feel like in 1966 this would have had more power whereas now like even just from how many experimental films that have, there have been and even modern experimental cinema and and like parodies and, and how you know what I mean like at certain points it made me feel like I was watching a Simpsons episode um, Simpsons did which it. is not Persona's fault or the Simpsons fault you know what I mean it's just time's fault and my fault for watching too many things but I mean I could very easily have just started this movie with the kid in the, in in on lying on the the thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, I think the 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 use of the child at both at both ends is is very interesting because like the idea of of the child is very very important. I think and uh, like not like to her character and to like probably the 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 destruction and her her break because this is this this was the final kind of thing that that. Or maybe not the final thing, but this was the thing that that knocked her off kilter completely because yeah. like you can imagine her life like she's at this glamorous party like every you know she's the successful actress she has this husband everything is perfect but oh no you're not quite perfect enough because women are never perfect enough yeah. you know and and that then this was the thing that that completely unmoored her and uh, so I think the child at both ends is is really what important. Who do you think the child is? Huh? Who do you think the child is? 
See, I don't know. Like, is it her child or not? Or is, you know, it's... I think it is. Uh, my take, and I can be completely wrong, Yeah. is the child that could have been that was aborted because he's in a morgue. So oh, he's like the, yeah. the boy that could have been. So yeah. like he's just watching the rest of his would-be mother's life. Yeah. And just, but at the same time, hanging on to the like to that past let's say that is like he's still part of the story but being completely separate and he just grows older on i think think you could be right because there is definitely the linkage between the fact that she aborted her child and she had a child that she didn't want like those two things are very that he's very much put them there like they are connected yeah, it kind of adds a bit more to the montage. But then. then it's also like the very like because Bergman always uh, does things for a reason. The the kid yeah. has to put glasses on to see in focus. So I also think that it, it's like because there's a lot of saying that this movie is it a dream, but probably yes. But the main question is whose dream it is. Yeah. And is it is it the kids? Is mm. it Alma's dream? Is it Elizabeth's dream? Is it the doctor's dream? <laughs> yeah it could be anything you know like uh on i think that is also like the interesting thing is that they come back to the hospital you have no idea did they come back to the hospital from the beach house did they ever leave the hospital yeah is this before yeah, they left yeah. they That's, i wondered after? about that because what she says she says nothing isn't yeah. it and like all but quite aggressively yeah like quietly but aggressively so it could be a warning. It could be, yeah. It's like, oh, it's not big. It's a lot. Like I feel it as well that your mood. This is very much a film where your mood will determine what you take yeah. from it. Um, I had a kind of a, like you know a, very, a kind of an even mood. So I kind of I kind of had took both. There were like things that I could kind of read as positive, and then um, things that you know are obviously like incredibly dark. Um, and I can kind of see like the small things that are really quite humorous on it, but I can imagine that like it would completely vary depending on you yeah. know, your mood and um... uh, the 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 other thing I wanted to touch upon before we get to your favorite things and uh, such as uh, the allusion to vampirism in this movie. Yeah. And did you because it's like depending who you read or who you talk to, like they go like, oh, I just think that people are looking too much into it. And others yeah. are like, it's very clear in the movie. And says, but also it's like, like you said, it's like, is it become kind of vampiristic because people were inspired by it? Because it's one, like, it's very erotic the way that it's shot. Next, lots of next. Yeah. Yes. And like the kissing when they kiss each other, like in the cheeks or whatever, or even mm. the way that like Liv Ullman is like controlling, like almost thought controlling, uh, bb anderson and how like she floats around the place like in in almost like a spectral yeah yeah uh uh as you and like that's the the thing that also that obviously she's it feels like vampiristic in the sense that she's stealing the emotions of this other woman and the past and everything like that she's grabbing all of that without like and then obviously B.B. Anderson feels that the actual impact of being like set upon, you know, but at the same time, it's like, how is it because the movie inspired other filmmakers to use similar imagery for 
uh, vampires or um no i would say that you can definitely read that i didn't um and like i think like it's it's more than it feels more like a ghost story than anything else you know what i mean and in the idea of like you know personal ghosts and like the like the past and especially for um for alma like and that she she already has these things hanging over her her doubts her doubts about what her life is going to be and if she's actually going to be happy and does she actually love this guy Mm. you know like i'll fit into this neat little package and everything will be fine but she's already like "Mm," you know like that that thing and then like the ghost of that story and the thing that she's never told anyone that she probably never thinks about like that encounter and like how it is brought back up and then like like looms over her for the entire movie then as she like slowly you know also it's interesting that it's the first thing that she really opens up about yeah that is like that was the big one yeah really uh, really like uh, don't ease into it uh, yeah. like i was watching something over my notes and i was just like whoa she's gone off the deep end mm. um <laughs> i was like whoa chill out there alma but um yeah like the vampirism thing i think it is interesting i think it's it's funny how like <laughs> it's funny how our opinion well my opinion anyways of, of vampirism has become so degraded by the sheer like number of terrible vampire movies and how much the myth of the vampire and yeah. the mythology of the vampire has been like destroyed by like terrible movies and everything and it's been done to death and everything so that Sergi said vampire is like no but you know it almost it felt like it was degrading it somehow but like when you i'm trying to like strip all that away and kind of like think about like because you know even never we were talking about um uh only lovers left alive and i didn't have that kind of feeling for that so i think i'm just kind of i don't know tainted somehow but um i think i think it is it's a valid reading yeah definitely i didn't get it but maybe if i'd watched it again or a third time i would have kind of been like hmm but i think it is like it's the imagery, but it's that idea of her draining her emotionally, like the and it's cred that that visual of like her slowly being drained of like both her sanity and like and the idea of like that, um, like the childlike thing of of as as she gets let like well absolutely nothing and as time goes on she's getting nothing from this person yeah. that she becomes more and more like a child in the way of like how. You know, children will be like, oh, hey. And then they'll be like, you know, they become more and more urgent as they're like, oh, my God, because they have no measure yeah. of of emotions from from adults or from other people or whatever. It's like um, uh, it's like reverse kind of development. Um, but, yeah, I think like, the vampirism thing is definitely interesting, but it's not the it's not the most prominent thing that I get from it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say so either, but like at uh, the same time, even the the way that amazing shot that we already talked about that is like both of them looking into the camera and yeah. all the touching that goes on and how like in control Livolman is over Actually, BB. Uh, I think there's something, sorry, there's something like that shot. It's like, I think it's a side tracking shot whenever they're, she goes off along the beach and almost streaming after her. There's something, especially because of the black and white cinematography um even though they're on a beach it feels strange to like mirrors like if you know what i mean yeah. that and it's the, if their clothes are constantly streaming behind them like it feels very like um 
18th century or something you know what yeah. i mean and and then that way you could imagine that they're just like on the mirrors beside a castle or beside an old manor house or something which kind of is a little bit vampiric but is also quite ghost-like so that shot i love that though when she's like, running after her and she's just like screaming at her and then when she gets to her she's kind of like uh, you know <laughs> yeah it's like oh god oh god i'm such an embarrassment you know it's like cause she, that's what i love about this is that she's constantly trying to measure herself out of embarrassment more than anything else that's so like that's the strange social and then like that break her breaking moment when she reads fucking the letter oh, yeah. to the doctor and she's like oh that's she seems infatuated I... towards me or whatever and it's like it's so cold it's yeah. like you know oh i'd like to study her yeah it's fascinating so, um, yeah. I think it's time for favorite things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite thing about the movie? Probably the performances. I yeah. think, like, oh, just, it's both of them. I think, but obviously Elizabeth is particularly impressive because she. It's funny that like uh, I had to remind myself that she doesn't say anything, but she says like she whispers one or two things, but like. Because but you don't know if she did or not. Is it Alma's uh, head or not? Because it's off true. screen. That is true. And but then Alma goes, did you say something? Uh, <laughs> I love that. And it's like, just, oh, she's just, she's completely inscrutable. But at the same time, I forgot that she didn't talk almost. Not yeah. just because the other character talks so much, but that she's so expressive and not expressive. And you're just constantly reading her face. And, um, and they're both just really like beautiful, engaging actresses as well. Like really incredible faces. And you can, you can see why he used them, you know? And like, I think they use both of them frequently yeah I, I know that he worked with bb anderson quite a lot and like liv ullman is like one of the biggest swedish actors at the time so yeah no, i definitely he i probably... definitely recognized both of them yeah yeah but i wasn't sure if they were kind of from other movies or what it was but um but then again you haven't seen any other bergman so like it's not no but like at the same time it's one of those things like there were shots in this that like the the thing in the mirror i'd seen before yeah. you know what i mean that kind of, even just from like pictures in like you know the son of a book or whatever <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're aware of these things uh what was your favorite thing uh i i reckon it's just uh, uh we've uh touched upon in other movies that is just the the utilization of the language of cinema yeah like how uh the amount of control oh, bergman has yeah. to do every like even the performances are so naturalistic especially for the 60s is like yeah uh, it's astonishing like i haven't seen like her speech feels like somebody just talking to you you know and oh, yeah, the written yeah. words is, uh, like but everything it feels it's really heightened but it feels natural and that's like the spell that the movie like you were saying that it kicks you out of it but because it just goes like you're watching a movie and then you're like yeah let me let me Don't watch care. the movie shut up Bergman I'm paying attention but at the um, same time it's the, 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 the sheer uh, it's almost as if he's just like there like ah, and you're just like shh as if he's like that's he's separate yeah. from this. look how good uh, I am <laughs> yeah. and then like the, the kid that is like great at football but starts like showboating just uh, like he's the Roy Keaton yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but like yeah I, I love all of that and also like uh always like the depth of feeling that he also brings to like super intellectual movies yeah like something like wall strawberries or this that has like a sense of melancholia but it's not only through the the filmmaking it's but it's also cold, the performances though. everything yeah 
like if you compare this to something he's, like he's Tarkovsky not, or he's not studying yeah. them. You know what I mean? He feels very he feels very involved with these women. And it's incredible that he, like the movie is like ninety minutes long and the amount That's another of thing, fucking yeah. thing that flies along. And the amount of ground he covers <laughs> with that both like uh thematically story-wise with the characters but it doesn't feel that it's rushed either no. it's just very measured and correct and measured, definitely yeah it's funny it also contains that strange trope i want to ask other women about this um because <laughs> that strange thing of women moisturizing in movies before going to yeah. sleep like I know you're technically supposed to moisturize before you go to bed, but I don't think I know anybody who does it. And it's such a strange... And that same thing, Killing of a Sacred Deer has a a moment where she's in the mirror and she's moisturizing her hands. And that kept sticking in my head as well. It's like because of the hands and her face in the mirror and everything. And obviously, you know, Lanthimos is as cinematic. (laughs) He's as as educated in in the language of cinema as anyone is. But um, it's that very strange thing. And it's like, is that like thing or is it is it the visual of it is it the femininity of it or is it the strange idea that male scriptwriters have that women sit in front of their like vanity mirrors putting on moisturizer but like uh, <laughs> I, I i think like for something like uh killing sacred but usually it's uh attached to like really well off women that are kind of yeah, also middle-aged and context, trying to maintain yeah but not always though but, but you never see like a young character doing that it's always like when it's like a well-off uh, middle-aged woman that is also her, example her who's also uh, very careful of her appearance. <laughs> Actually, the first one that popped into my head was Ocean's Eleven. And it's another thing of like a strange, this has nothing to do with this movie now, but anyways, it's just an interesting thing that I will probably cut later. Um, in uh, Ocean's Eleven, she does it. And it's like this strange thing of um, very much attached to distance within marriages, I yeah. think, that it's often... Instead of you fucking, see, you had to. You yeah. see him. It's very much focusing on their pre sleeping yeah. rituals that have nothing to do with having sex. It's completely. Or even to like cuddle or, or anything. Yeah. You know, you're like, just getting into your bed and going to sleep. It's like you could. You might as well be in separate rooms or in separate beds. Yeah. It's just that you And the, the husband is very, very frequently like reading seen or, through the mirror. Yeah. Or else like very much in the distance. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, what's your least favorite thing? Probably the montage. I don't know. It just felt a bit. Look at me! I'm using all the crayons. You know, <laughs> I was like, ah. I mean, it didn't annoy me really. Like, but I was kind of watching it, and I was like, oh, okay, oh, okay. And then as soon as you get to like the bit with the child is interesting, but then yeah. as soon as you see Alma's face and when he calls her face, you're like, oh, when is that? You know, it was like yeah. it felt like a little. Felt like the credits, you know, <laughs> just fine. <laughs> what was your least favorite thing? I don't know, like um, maybe the 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 guy's the, the, his performance, however short, is not. It's the problem mm. r- falling into this movie and like the doctor is amazing and Liv Ullman is amazing and then yeah. Baby Anderson is amazing and then you're like just adequate. It becomes kind of like yeah. it, it becomes salient when. Like, in any other movie, he would have passed that, perfectly. That entire sequence with the husband actually brought me out of the movie more than any yeah. of the other elements did. And that and might be And, like, you were saying why. about the performance. Like, yeah. Because it's kind of, like, you can tell, like, this is, is the thing. Like, knowing Bergman, he could have cast a blind actor. 
Yeah. But whichever way they they did it, it was like a little bit look on blind kind of thing instead of like yeah just like playing it as realistic as the rest of the movie but then it makes yeah. like because it is a decision that it was make i'm going like this makes it even more interesting considering also the is it a lie is it a dream because it's like uh, going in yeah that's the the thing with this movie like i don't like that's it's a nitpick but also like a nitpick that i like that it's there yeah. because it makes me think about that scene differently i think as well that it's it's the I, I didn't want to go away from the two women as well. You know what I mean? Because like their playback between the two of them was was what was so interesting about it. And like, I like the nurse or whatever, but it's the, the bit in the house and everything them together that he kind of like, I'm assuming purposefully breaks you out of it to a certain extent. But yeah. And something just uh, to finish up, like unrelated, uh, it's, it shows also that any filmmaker that is making like a chamber piece has no excuse for not making it cinematic. Yeah. The like when you watch like something like the party that I saw recently that it's like oh everything is one house, bunch of people, whatever. And I don't mind it because I love theater and I really enjoy the movie because it's a good script mm. and such. But it's like there's no like besides the blocking, there's no real utilizations of what's in your like the crayons in your box, let's say, you know? <laughs> yeah. If yeah, uh, it's well, reminded like, me of um, like this is what like, you do about nothing as well. Yeah. It's this sort of it's like a little side project that they just kinda of put together with their actor friends. Which yeah. is fine, you know, it's in, it has the theatrical elements or whatever, but yeah, it just feels lazy or something. Because there yeah. is no reason. You can make anything cinematic. Christmas ads are cinematic. Yeah. Like it's you know, it just seems there's no real excuse for it. Unless, I mean, it could, that can also then, it can like, be used. That could be yeah. the point of it. Like, but uh, I don't know. Uh, if, uh, yeah. But yeah, the, that was Persona. And I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed it. Um, I did. And like, I hope that also opens windows to watch uh, uh, the oh, Bergman yeah, I'd, I'd like a bit more Bergman in my life now. Uh, surprisingly, it only has an 83% rating in Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm like, who the fuck... I like, am vetoing the use of the tomato. Air. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to look up. Um, I'd love to look up reviews of it, like now and then, because yeah. I love finding like New York Times reviews from like the sixties and stuff. Because they're also Roger really Ebert. This was uh, one of Roger Ebert's first reviews for the Chicago Sun Times, and it's really yeah. interesting to see how he changed in style and approached and because he gave it four stars but he's like i don't know what's happening in this movie it's perplexed didn't he like famously not like david lynch yeah but like uh well like he still like he didn't like david lynch at the end but like for stupid reasons i I, I, like he didn't like blue velvet because isabella rossellini looked uncomfortable in the movie it's like well she's an actress and she's being chased by a drugged up dennis hopper like uh, you could you couldn't like be like nothing so much older there than he did in anything else oh um <laughs> so candy color car candy color car i put him up there with willem dafoe based mostly on that movie um no not quite that's not fair that's not he fair comes also it's not fair to willem dafoe because i like him now um, uh, can't wait to see Florida Project. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, which is interesting because I had sort of notions of picking Tangerine, but I possibly might pick it. Uh, I've seen it. Have you? Oh, damn it! It's going to be a Christmas movie. Okay, fine, never mind. Anyways, uh, where can they find us, Graham? They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game. They can find us on 
Twitter at the Rec Game. They can send us an email on the recommendation game at gmail.com. And they can also find our uh, back catalogue on the Dublin Digital Radio Mix Cloud. Which is up to date. Up to date. Uh, and also, if you want to support independent Irish radio, you can donate to the Patreon of Dublin Digital Radio in their Patreon page. <laughs> Gonna keep plugging. Yep. <laughs> cool. And uh, yeah, uh, what's uh, next week's film, Orla? It is an investigation of a citizen above suspicion okay <laughs> which i got and yet you can't say martha marcy name um, <laughs> um yeah we're, we're going back to italy we're going back to the 70s and i don't care um, <laughs> um yeah so uh that was persona uh if you haven't seen it go watch it it's a it's an experience it's a thrill ride um yeah so um i was Orminus. and i was ricardo deacon thanks for listening see you next week